Welcome to Tech's Talking from Alpha Engineering. Hear about the latest innovations, trade secrets, and technological threats. Alpha invites you to learn from our team of tech experts. Learn how to navigate the explosion of technical advances at home, in the workplace, and in the market. Welcome to Tech's Talking. Hi, this is Patrice McCarran from Alpha, and my special guest on Tech's Talking today is actually Logan Clark, who has been with Alpha for nearly 10 years. And uh, we want to talk about managed service providers because it is the model that defines Alpha Engineering. Um, But if you say MSP to people, they're like, what? (laughs) So what exactly would you say, Logan, is a managed service provider? A managed service provider is outsourcing your IT. Um, It's kind of funny. Before, it used to be kind of like the plumber. It's you had one person you called to and it's break fix. Um, Now it's kind of evolved into a whole team managing your network. So it is basically a company that gives you IT support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are a million companies out there doing that. So there must be different models, just like there's a million fast food companies. How would you describe Alva's business model? Well, our business model is that we like to try to include as much as possible um, there are no tiered partnerships. There, you know, there's some that are out there that are the silver, gold, bronze, and they have fixed hours and things like that. Where we try to include as much as possible and make it unlimited remote support, because um, we really think that you shouldn't be pigeonholed to one one thing, um, and we should be able to look over your entire network. So, how similar are networks from one business to the next? Um, they are similar where, you know, you just have computers and a server or things like that. But then there's also businesses that are very small. They might just be a work group where it's computer to computer. They don't have a server. Some of their things are just in the cloud. So what were people doing before managed service providers? Well, <laughs> I think they were either mainly handling on their own, which we're still seeing a lot of that now, or they have someone who's tech savvy, or like I mentioned before, they have the one one man shop who kind of just does it on an as needed basis. But doing it at hawk like that, you're not seeing the full picture, and you're not being proactive. Meaning what? What, what? what do you mean when you say you're not being proactive? Well, you're kind of waiting for the call to be told that something's broken instead of monitoring and managing the network as a whole. Um, you know, you can be told when hardware is failing, you can be told when a software is is reaching end of life, and you need to upgrade or change. Tech is ever evolving. So would you say much like electricity and light bulbs, IT support has become a necessity for a lot of businesses? Oh, yeah, I think it should be considered a business expense. Obviously, a, a business owner needs to think about accounting and their marketing and things like that. But tech kind of runs their business. They need it in order to get things done. So not having the right support for that can really slow or end your day. So would you say we're cost effective? Absolutely. Because we can do things remotely, we keep that overhead very, very low. And it's also makes it easier for us to be able to access your machines. We're able to, even though we're not there physically, we're able to jump in very, very quickly. 
So a lot of the businesses today are relying on technology where they have a smattering of computers in the building and this person's using that software and this person's using a different software. And we're basically, as you're describing it, overseeing all of that. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of um, outsourcing it where you have your account manager who's in charge of those texts, and then you have the texts that are there that can take your day-to-day issues, be the help desk, but can also come on site and build your network at the same time. So it's it's all-encompassing. So behind the scenes, no one knows that you and I hear our help desk nonstop. Monday through Friday is the guys taking all the calls that are coming in from clients. So we do have in our heads an idea of the kind of calls that people get. But share with everybody what a typical help desk call is today. Yeah, and, and, they, and they can be silly. It, it could be I'm on this Zoom call, but I can't hear the sound coming through my machine. And it might just need to be a setting to be fixed. Or I can't connect to the printer all of a sudden, and I need to get this document out. Or it could be I'm getting the blue screen of death. Oh, no, <laughs> what do I do? So it, that can definitely range. But I think that's the whole purpose of, of the help desk is to be able to take those calls as they come in. Would you describe it as a compared to health insurance, car insurance? You're basically hiring a company that is babysitting your IT and it's on a monthly fee. Is that how it works? Yeah. So it's a monthly fee. And that's a great example of saying it's like insurance because sometimes the consumer might think, oh, well, what am I paying for this insurance for? Nothing's gone bad. Well, that's the whole purpose of it. So when something does go bad, you have someone to call. And there might be months where nothing's happening and you're thinking, well, what is the purpose of this? But you have to go back to maybe the first time when we came on board and we got you to that point. You had all those issues in the beginning and now we smoothed it out to where you're calling us less, but it doesn't mean we're not doing things behind the scenes. So how does it work with the different companies? Because obviously an accounting firm or a legal firm aren't going to be using the same software as a retail outlet might. Yeah. Um, and that is true, but we're kind of your software um, vendor management. So I know each company uses something different and it's not our job to be the expert in all of them, but it's our job to create that communication between the two. So we know your network better than anyone and we can be able to translate what the software tech could be saying is wrong with what's on the network and can make it a better situation for all. So at least with a car tune up and an oil change, you pretty know pretty much know where when they're needed. Yeah. <laughs> what about IT? I mean, that seems like such a big unknown. Yeah, it's hard because software is constantly being upgraded where your hardware can last a very long time, but sometimes the software becomes so um, robust that the hardware can't handle it anymore. So we usually say for laptops or desktops, three to five years, you want to start thinking about getting those replaced. Um, Physical servers, you want to think every five to seven years getting those replaced. And now everybody's talking about the cloud. How has that changed the dynamic? Yeah, and and the cloud has changed a lot. I think it's made it more affordable for the small company. But the way I look at it is that it's either buying or leasing a car. You're either putting a big chunk of money up front or you're spending a small amount per month for it. So for a managed service provider, is it okay to say that you know every month what you're paying? Yeah, I think that's a 
great way to say it is because we do have a lot of nonprofits that are that are clients of ours, um, and they have to put it in a budget yearly, and they have to know what they're paying month in and month out, and that's how we're structured. We, you know, there are going to be little blips here and there where you're going to have projects or we might have to come on site, but we don't like to nickel and dime. It, we really like to stick to that monthly plan. So what about security? Because that is the big buzzword this year in 2021. Even in 2020, people were talking about an increase in cyber attacks, phishing, malware. And it seems to be 21 is moving in the same direction if it hasn't already increased even some. How does that play a role? Well, that is a challenging one because, like you mentioned, a lot of people are working from home. That's be- that's created a, a new obstacle um, because they're, one, working on their home machine or working off their own home network and connecting back to the office. So that's kind of leaving them vulnerable where we have to put that into our uh, into a game plan and figure out how to best provide security for that. It all comes back to backups. It all comes back to antivirus. And it also comes back to, you know, teaching the user on the best practices, on what not to click, what not to do, how to get remoted back into your office, things like that. So what extra security can you give that person that's working remotely from a house instead of their office? Yeah, I think the best way to to remote in is obviously a VPN, which is a virtual private network. It's really a tunnel from your home location back to the office. So it's not penetrable by by outside connections. So that's one way to really protect yourself. And then two, antivirus, making sure that you have antivirus on your machine, uh, making sure your passwords are secure and being updated as much as possible. And then backups are probably the first line of defense. (laughs) As long as you have a good backup, you should be good. And most people at home, I'm going to guess, this is a very broad generalization, are not backing up their computers. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Should they and how? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the how is a good question because obviously, and and I think this is where businesses are going to have to start thinking long-term and in the future, are we going to have to start creating policies where now we have to give out company-owned products, um, company-owned hardware? Do we have to think about getting um, mobile device management where we can kind of, you know, if say we lose an employee, we have control over that over that device. I do back up my computer, maybe not as much as I should, mainly because it's old and I could get that blue screen at death yeah. any time. <laughs> and I want to know that I haven't lost my documents. Right, right. Wasn't expensive to buy the backup device. Would you recommend people start doing that, backing up their whole computer? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. If you can, absolutely. I think it's just, it's a hard thing to determine what is personal use and what is for the office. So I think that's the part where people are going to have to determine how to handle those situations. I bet. And, <laughs> and now... Just some random information. CEOs for schools for the last eight years have said that their number one concern was cybersecurity. Schools have seen a record number of attacks. Baltimore County schools late last year got hacked. 
a water utility company in Florida got hacked where somebody was trying to poison 15,000 customers. Mm. And most recently, the personal data of over 500 million Facebook users was hacked. What are we doing wrong? Yeah, it, it's just, I think the um, the vulnerability has been open <laughs> with people working from home. Identity theft, I think, has also become a huge issue as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think security needs to be the utmost importance right now. So you can do multiple approaches for that. You can use those password devices that they have now. Do you recommend that? Yeah, so they're the two-factor authentication. Yeah, a lot of companies are, are coming out with that. So like Gmail, Yahoo, I know that our own ticketing system, we now have a two-factor um, authentication. Explain what that means, because I don't think everybody knows what a two-factor authentication is. So the the, um, the first authentication is you're logging in with your username and your password. So that's one way to validate who you are. And then there, the second way is that you can set up these codes that are either on your device or can be sent to you. We, we have an app um, that we have on our phone that gives us a new code every day when we go to log on. So once you log in with your username and your password, then it pops up for your second authentication, which is the verification code, um, where you would put that in to make sure that it you are who you say you are. Do, do you think a lot of businesses think, oh, it's not going to happen to me? Oh, absolutely. It, they think, oh, we're too small. They're not looking for our information. No way. But I think it's actually the opposite of that. It's really putting out that big fishing net to see what I can grab. <laughs> and it, they don't want your personal data as much as they want your money in your bank account, correct? Yeah. The the, um, the ransomware has gone higher and higher each year. I think I remember the first time we ever saw a ransomware attack, and it was like $1,000. Now you're looking thirty grand or more. It's getting very, very expensive for these businesses, and sometimes it's all they all they can do is just pay it. So they have the backups. That's one way of at least securing your documentation. Right. You just wipe and reload. Two factor authentication, mm-hmm. which makes it tougher for them to hack your password and your your login information mm-hmm. because they have no way of getting that authentication number that's coming to your phone. Correct. Right. Correct. Are there any other things that people can be doing? You mentioned the VPNs. Yeah, VPNs to make sure it's a secure connection from point to point. And then antivirus, just making sure that you have really good antivirus on your machine that's detecting these threats as they come through. Now, for a managed service provider, is it true that their antivirus programs can be stronger than the ones that we can, you and I can buy personally online? Yes, because they are, there are ones that are provided to MSPs that they can buy it in bulk and then spread out to their clients, which they are much more advanced. They're called NextGen, which has an AI built in to its software where it's learning your workflow. It's learning how you operate so it can detect things more accurately. Wow. I think another benchmark feature that seems really important is when a managed service provider is actually your IT consultant. Would you agree that that's huge for companies moving forward to have somebody on board that they can just drop a call into and say, hey, we're hiring five more people or, hey, we're exploring a new software and get their professional opinion? Yeah, because instead of hiring someone 
in-house to kind of manage and deal with that, it's much more cost-effective to outsource that. So not only do you have your help desk that can help you with your day-to-day, but then you have your account manager who is all, um, you know, is, is your IT liaison. He's the one that sees the future. He's the one that is involved in the tech world, who knows where the where things are going, Who he or she, whoever they might be, um, but they know where the tech world is going and can help and guide you the right path because they see your business and they can see what's going to work best with your business. Cloud has become huge for so many businesses now. What is the advantage of going through the cloud? Yeah, the cloud is definitely more cost effective. And it's also ease of use is probably the best way to put it. And it's also you aren't having to have that upfront cost of having to put a server in your in your office. It's kind of on Microsoft or it's on Amazon servers. And so they're constantly doing the security updates and making sure their hardware is is being updated and things like that, where it's not in your mind to worry about. Is there still management involved with that? Of course. So we, we definitely still need to, to manage your, your Office 365 or if you're going to Azure with Microsoft for their cloud um, infrastructure, things like that. What are the disadvantages of using the cloud? Um, disadvantages, sometimes the compatibility. So say you have a program that is um, industry-specific to you that doesn't have the cloud functionality. So it has to be um, put on something local in, in your office, either a server or a machine. So yeah, the compatibility can be a huge issue. Do you think we're approaching a genre where everything will go to the cloud and servers will become obsolete? Is that possible? I think it's possible. I think definitely software as a service is going to take over everything. Um, You're kind of seeing it with Adobe. Um, You have to pay a monthly subscription to that. Um, Same with Office 365. They've bundled in their Office products. So you're paying a monthly subscription to have Word, to have PowerPoint, things like that. A huge thing that we've talked about a few times today is remote working. LinkedIn just did a um, survey of all its employees, giving them the opportunity to give them some feedback about remote working. But they also turned around and gave them a week off to combat the fatigue and burnout that a lot of people felt that they had endured by working remotely. They, According to surveys, 70% of U.S. workers are requesting to continue working remotely. Google is returning on a volunteer basis. And as of September, we'll be working on a three-day flex office start. And Microsoft in May is returning with the rest of their workforce coming back in July. Will the pendulum swing back as more people return to the office? Yeah, I think so. I think we can only stay remote for so long. Yeah, I think that, that probably will swing back because you're, you're, you need that office connection. And also, at least I think it's going to slowly come back maybe as, as a hybrid. You might see people do remote into the office, remote into the office and, and things like that. But I think it will swing back. My other question is of the people that have been able to work remotely and now they come back and those who stay behind, do companies need to start planning now for that hybrid model so mm-hmm. that they are sending people home with company equipment rather than taking the risk that we 
were kind of thrown into because of the quarantine where everybody was working off personal equipment and laptops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what they're they're going to have to think you know, into the future. Are, are we going to be doing this long term? If so, what's the policy that we're going to put in place? Are we going to be providing machines? Are we going to be thinking about a mobile device management? Um, and things like, yeah, I think that's probably going to be their main concern. So would you say in summary that it's better to have a team like Alpha working for your company on an outsource basis than having one person inside who's handling all the day to day? Yeah, I, I think it's, definitely more cost effective. You get more mind share. So instead of hiring just one person who might only know one specific thing, doesn't mean he can't go out there and do training and and learn more. But when you're able to bounce off of other people, you sometimes get ideas that you never thought of before. Um, And instead of going out and hiring a second person to be the helping hand, we are a a full team of technicians here um, at at a much lower cost, a fraction of the cost. So in your mind, and you've been here nearly a decade, what is the greatest thing about being a managed service provider in your head? I think the greatest thing is being able to provide a solution to businesses that might think that they can't afford it and kind of help them grow tech wise. When you're able to maybe, you know, rely a little bit more on, on your tech and on your IT infrastructure, you're able to have your business run a little bit smoother. And so it's it's kind of nice being that helping hand to help them grow as their business grows. I want to thank Logan Clark of Alpha, my coworker and friend. And we hope you've learned a little bit more about what a managed service provider is. Our goal with our podcast is to make sure that we're helping you grow your business and protecting your business without breaking your bank account and keeping you ahead of the ever-changing technical landscape. I'm Patrice McCarran. Special thanks to Logan Clark. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Text Talking from Alpha Engineering. If you have questions or a topic you'd like us to tackle, drop us an email at info at alphaemgr.com. Your digital world changes daily. Our job at Alpha is to simplify your job with solutions. We'll see you next time on Text Talking from Alpha.